Hello, this is Diksha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 13th of March. India registered more than 24,000 COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours, taking the overall COVID tally past 1.13 crore. The new cases registered in this period marked the highest single-day spike in nearly three months. 140 deaths linked to the virus were reported in the country and the death toll now stands at over 1,58,000. According to government data, more than 2.82 crore people have been vaccinated in the country so far. Out of this, over 20.5 lakh were given the vaccine yesterday. Registering over 15,000 cases in the last 24 hours, Maharashtra accounted for more than 63% of the spike in new cases in the country. In the wake of rising cases, the Maharashtra government enforced fresh restrictions in several districts yesterday. A complete lockdown was announced in Nagpur from March 15th to March 21st. Now for a brief update on global COVID numbers. COVID-19 has infected more than 11.9 crore people in the world, while more than 26.4 lakh people have lost their lives to the virus. Brazil today surpassed India's COVID caseload as the country's tally stood at over 1 crore 13 lakh 63,000. Ahead of the upcoming assembly elections in Bengal, former Bharatiya Janata Party leader Yashwant Sinha today joined the Trinamool Congress. The octogenarian leader had quit the BJP in 2018. At a press conference, Sinha said, and I quote, You might be surprised about today's news, about my earlier decision to quit politics and join again now. The current state of India shows that the values we used to follow in a democracy are now in danger. They are no longer being followed. Today, almost all our democratic institutions have been weakened. Unquote. Sinha's surprise decision assumes importance in Bengal, where the BJP and TMC are involved in an intensifying campaign battle. Speaking of assembly elections, actor Mithun Chakrabarti stirred up a storm in Bengal last week when he joined the BJP. The storm picked up momentum as the actor went on an interview spree with news channels. The news channels, quite unsurprisingly, asked him a set of often obvious, sometimes borderline bizarre questions, coupled with some fascinating wordplay. While analysing the media's coverage of Chakrabarti's political venture in Bengal, News Laundry's Meghnad S. in his latest report also draws up a graph of Chakrabarti's stint in politics before becoming an actor. He also tries to understand what the actor-turned-politician has in store for the people of Bengal other than his own movie dialogues involving cobras and crows. To know more, read Meghnad's full report on newslaundry.com titled Cobras, Barking Dogs and Little Else, Mithun Chakrabarti's Day Out with the Media. And when you're done reading the report, I urge you to watch this week's episode of TV Nuisance on newslaundry.com or our YouTube channel. Manisha Pandey this time analyzes how television media is covering the pole-bound state of Bengal, among other things that made the news this week. And listeners, as you can tell, news is in a state of crisis. But we are an independent news platform producing podcasts, ground reports, interviews, videos, media critique and much more. We would not be able to do all this work if not for our subscribers who fund us. So if you aren't a subscriber already, now is the time to join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go to newslaundry.com and hit that subscribe button on the top right hand corner of our website. Our lowest subscription starts at just 300 rupees per month. Pay to keep news free. The Union Ministry of Home Affairs yesterday asked northeastern states bordering Myanmar to be vigilant against the quote-unquote influx of people from the neighbouring country. 
The ministry's March 10 letter to five states read, and I quote, As you are aware, there is a possibility of a large-scale influx into Indian territory through the India-Myanmar border due to the current internal situation in Myanmar. The MHA has already issued an advisory dated February 25 to chief secretaries of Mizoram, Nagaland, Manipur and Arunachal Pradesh and also the border guarding force along the border to stay alert and take appropriate action to prevent a possible influx into Indian territory. Unquote. According to the Indian Express, the letter also highlighted that the states and union territories did not have powers to grant refugee status to any foreigner. It added that India was not a signatory to the UN Refugee Convention of 1951 and its 1967 protocol. The letter also made a mention to a set of guidelines sent to the states in February 2018. They had asked the law enforcement agencies and intelligence agencies to take steps for identifying illegal migrants and their restrictions to specific locations as per provisions of law. The guidelines had also instructed the states to obtain biometric information of the migrants and initiate deportation proceedings in accordance with the law. The development comes when reports suggest that nearly 100 people, primarily Myanmar police officers and their families, had fled to India in the aftermath of the military coup in Myanmar. Mumbai police officer Sachin Waze filed an anticipatory bail in the Thane Sessions Court yesterday. Waze has been accused of the alleged murder of Mumbai-based car accessories dealer Mansuk Hiran. Hiran was the owner of the vehicle filled with explosives that was parked outside Mukesh Ambani's residence in February. He was later found dead near Thane on March 5th. In her statement to the Maharashtra Anti-Terrorism Squad, Hiran's wife, Vimla, alleged that her husband was murdered. She had accused Waze of being involved and claimed that he had asked her husband to get arrested in the case. Waze, who was the crime branch's assistant police inspector, has been transferred to the Citizen Facilitation Centre till the completion of investigation in Hiran's death. Waze was earlier the investigating officer in the bomb scare case before ACP Nitin Alaknure replaced him. The Thane Sessions Court, while hearing Waze's plea yesterday, posted it for hearing on March 19th. It also directed the investigating officer in the case to file his response in an affidavit. Sachin Waze's removal from his position was announced Wednesday by Maharashtra Home Minister Anil Deshmukh. Waze's involvement in the mysterious death of Mansukh Hiran, however, isn't his first brush with controversy. More than 15 years ago, he was charge-sheeted in the 2003 custodial death of Khwaja Yunus. The charges include murder, destruction of evidence and concealment of Yunus's body. Waze had resigned from his position in 2007 but was reinstated last year despite the pending trial in a murder case. In his latest report on Newslaundry.com, Prateek Goyal traced Waze's controversial career and spoke to Alicia Begum, the mother of the late Khwaja Yunus. Sachin Waze is the murderer of my son and they reinstated him and even promoted him, Alicia Begum told Prateek in distress. To read the detailed report, go to Newslaundry.com. It is titled, Sachin Waze, From Murder Accused to Shiv Senik to Mumbai's Star Cop. While you're on our website, I also urge you to read another report titled, A Victim Treated as Accused. Days before mysterious death, Mansukh Hiran wrote to Maharashtra CM. In this report, Prateek and I analyzed the letter Hiran wrote to Maharashtra CM Udhav Thakre days before his death. In that letter as well, fingers were pointed at Sachin Waze. Two days after Trirat Singh Rawat replaced Trivendra Singh Rawat as the Chief Minister of Uttarakhand, eight legislators yesterday took an oath as cabinet ministers in the state. 
Three others were also sworn in as ministers of state in the new cabinet. Governor Baby Rani Maurya administered the oath to the ministers at a ceremony in Raj Bhavan. With the exception of Madan Kaushik, who was appointed the state BJP president, seven ministers from the former CM's cabinet took oath as ministers in the new government. A BJP leader told the Indian Express, and I quote, None of the members from the previous cabinet have been removed, and the presence of all ministers with Congress background in the new cabinet gives a message that Trivendra Singh Rawat alone was responsible for the anti-incumbency, unquote. But what led to the former chief minister's departure from the state's cabinet a year before the completion of his term? Some of the reasons for the BJP chief J.P. Nadda asking Rawat to resign on Tuesday are two of his executive decisions and a corruption case. Rawat's government had gotten approval for the Chardham Devsthana Management Bill in January this year. The bill, which brought 51 shrines, including Badrinath, Kedarnath, Yamnotri and Gangotri, under the control of the state government, reportedly upset the Safran Party's parent organisation, RSS. Another decision that possibly led to the minister's resignation was the setting up of a commissionerate, adding two new districts to it, which would lead to an imbalance in the BJP's voter base. Yet another decision was a corruption case against Rawat, filed by journalist Umesh Sharma in October last year, leading to a court-ordered CBI inquiry. Now for some international updates. Five protesters were killed in Myanmar today by security forces as activists marked the death anniversary of a student whose killing in 1988 had sparked an uprising against the military government. Reuters reported that two people were killed and several injured in the police fire at a sit-in protest in Mandalay, Myanmar's second biggest city. Another person was killed in the central town of Pei and two others lost their lives in the police firing in Yangon overnight, according to domestic media. The deaths came as the leaders of four countries, the United States, India, Australia and Japan, vowed to work together to restore democracy in Myanmar. According to Advocacy Group Assistance Association for Political Prisoners, more than 70 people have been killed in Myanmar in widespread protests against the February 1st military takeover. In the United States, the city of Minneapolis on Friday agreed to pay $27 million to the family of George Floyd to settle a lawsuit over his death in police custody last year. Floyd's death had stirred the Black Lives Matter protests across the US over racial injustice and police brutality. The lawyers for Floyd's family said yesterday that the agreement was the largest pre-trial settlement of a wrongful death in US history. They said that the agreement signifies that a black person's death at the hands of the police will no longer be written off as trivial, unimportant and unworthy of consequences. The statement was made at a press conference where the lawyers were joined by Floyd's family, Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey and other officials. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.